Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of the My Pursuit podcast. My name is Mike, and I'm your host for the podcast. I'm really guys. I'm really. Oh, I'm really glad that you guys uh, have joined me today. And you can tell my mind right now is running a lot faster than my mouth, and that um, hopefully won't be the theme of the entire podcast uh, today. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, again, if this is the first time listening uh, to this podcast, you may want to check out the introductory episode, which you can find on the Apple Podcasts. I, I guess it's just called Apple Podcasts now, um, Google Play or um, Stitcher, and you'll find the introductory episode where I talk about why I'm doing what I'm doing, and just in a very brief uh, synopsis, the reason why I'm I'm doing this is I am the full-time, well, I, I pastor a church, I'm the lead pastor of a church, and uh, I also work full-time outside of the church, and this is kind of a a new time in ministry for me where I, had ne- I hadn't done that. The first 15 years that I've been in ministry, I worked full-time inside of the church. And uh, what I found was, you know, I was up in front of a group of Christians at church on Sundays telling people how to live in a world that I was kind of unfamiliar with how to live in because, you know, ever since college, I, you know, jumped right into full-time ministry, never had a chance or opportunity to work outside of the church. And, uh, during this time, uh, we've decided to do that, where I'm working full-time outside of the church, um, supporting my family financially that way, while um, as a church we're growing, and it's a really exciting time for our church. We've got an exciting, awesome group of um, Christians and, and people who are just gathered together to um, to learn and to grow together. I, I love this group of people. I love where we're at right now, and um, you know it's exciting to do. And so what, I, what I'm doing in this podcast is at the beginning of my work week, on the way to work at the beginning of the week, I record the first half of this podcast where I tell you what my devotional journey is during that week. I, I share with you the scripture that we're actually going to be going through on Sunday, which is a scripture that I'll be teaching on this coming Sunday, but by the time I release this, I will have already taught on it, you know, last Sunday. Um, does that, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, maybe you can suss that out. Um, but uh, I, I use that scripture. And um, I, I find my life application from that scripture, and my goal during the week is to live out that scripture, to see, I, I stay in one scripture rather than bouncing uh, between a bunch, so I read the same scripture throughout the week, which is a different devotional journey for me. I, I used to think that for devotions, what everybody should do is, you know, read a chunk of scripture today, read the next chunk tomorrow, and just keep moving through books of the Bible that way. And if you find life application along the way, that's great. It's exciting. But, um, you know, you're going to move on to a new one tomorrow. And uh, th- this journey of life application for me is to um, look into Scripture to find a life application. And um, I do that at the beginning of the week. And then I share with you some of my goals and plans and thoughts about how I'm going to implement that during the week. And and then I, I do that. And then at the end of the week, I record the second half of the podcast, which you'll hear at the end of this recording, um, which is me on my way home from work at the end of the week, which is usually late on a Saturday night, believe it or not. I, I record this on my way home and I share with you guys, did it work? Did it not work? Did I mess it up? Did I kind of change things along the way? And, you know, did, how, how did things morph throughout the week? And so I try to share those things with you. 
And uh, I'm really excited to do that And I have to admit to you That during these weeks of doing this podcast um, I, I've seen spiritual growth in my life That, that I've never um, I, I've never experienced before In fact um, You know Over this last You know More than half of a year now um, I really realized I've started listening to the Holy Spirit A lot more than I ever have in, in my life And that's been very powerful and meaningful for me personally and um, I know a lot of you have kind of shared with me that that's been part of your journey as well and I'm excited if if um, what I'm going through inspires you or encourages you to move forward on that yourself and uh, so that's that's kind of where we are and right now we're uh, in the book of Ephesians I uh, did kind of a weird thing where uh, two weeks ago I jumped to the second chapter of Ephesians I'll talk about that in a second last week I went back to the first chapter of Ephesians, and now this week I'm back into the second chapter of Ephesians, if that makes sense. I know it doesn't, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe it'll get sorted out. Um, I don't know that there's any rules to exactly how you have to go about this, but um, that's, that's what I did over the last few weeks. And what's interesting about the book of Ephesians, um, I remember saying to, uh, to a few people, Hey, we're going to be doing the book of Ephesians at church next. It's part of a, uh, a series that we've been doing, a bigger series where we've been going so, through some of the letters of Paul that he writes when he's, um, when he's in house arrest in Rome. It's like the end of the book of Acts. Um, it's, it's what he writes at that point. Um, and I'm excited to learn from his you know 20 or 25 years of experience following Jesus up to this point. And, um, and so I shared, yeah, we're going to go through the book of Ephesians. And a lot of people, their reaction was, wow, that's awesome. That's, that's one of my favorite books of the Bible. Which um, I, I was kind of immediately a little bit blown away by. Um, and the more I read the first few chapters, the more I, the more I wonder about why um, people choose this as one of their favorite books of the Bible. And maybe they're just saying that to say, you know, I, I like all the books of the Bible, so all of them are a little bit my favorite. But... Um, in the, in the first couple of chapters of the book of Ephesians, Ephesians, we run across Paul talking about um, this plan of God using um, his people, the Jewish people, the Israelites, you know, originally, and then the Jewish people. Um, these people would be the ones who um, God would work through to bring salvation to the entire world. And Paul refers to it kind of as God's mysterious plan. And as I read the first chapter of Ephesians... My first thought was, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do life application on. It, there wasn't something that was in there that was like specifically like this is the thing that it says for me to do. Right? It's more of an abstract where he's talking to groups of people that, like, on the surface of it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like what they're dealing with in this argument uh, that, that the Jews are having with the, you know, the Christian Jews are having with the um, the Christian Gentiles. Like, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. And that argument, by the way, is that, you know, the, the Jews who convert to Christian to become Christian are looking at the Gentiles who are converting and saying, well, wait, don't they have to become Jewish first? Shouldn't they, like, learn to obey all the Jewish laws first? Shouldn't they become circumcised first? Right? And that becomes a, a big thing uh, with these, that, that group of people gets to be known as the Judaizers in Scripture. And um, they cause all sorts of problems. Paul has a lot of harsh things to say. He addresses it in much more, I don't know, kind of friendly terms. Right now in the first couple of chapters, 
of Ephesians where he's talking about this this argument that's going on. But it's it's a very interesting conversation. But there's also part of me going like, what is it that applies to me? Um, we're in the second chapter right now. So we talked about this mysterious plan. And then two weeks ago, I talked about how at the beginning of the second chapter, Paul really breaks it down to the basics where he talks about, you know, once you were dead, like, like even while you were alive, you were dead in your sins. And he goes into that talking about it's because of their sin and their sin um, happens because, you know, of, of their reliance on, on the devil. Um, and I know that that's kind of a term that uh, everybody struggles with a little bit. Um, and, and he talks about that and he talks about how because of that, that leads to God's uh, punishment. And, and then he talks about, but, you know, there's, there's this uh, free gift that, that God gives us, right? That it's because of his grace, it's not something that we earn or deserve, that, um, that we too can have salvation, you know, through, through our faith in God's grace. And, and so I talked about that a couple weeks ago and really like how that is the way to look at life, you know, that, that life is all about, I mean, this, this spiritual thing that we're talking about is, is what life and death is. Like life and death is not physical life and death. The more important life and death is spiritual life and death. And, and physical life and death is, is far less significant than spiritual life and death. And so we kind of talked about that the other week. And that's kind of been ruminating in my mind as I've been going through this. So we get into a little further into Ephesians chapter 2. And then Paul gets back into this conversation between the Christian Jews and the Christian Gentiles. And, um, and there was part of me going, like, how does this apply? Because the first thing he gets into is he talks about circumcision. And, and he says, like, you know, the circumcision of the body is meaningless. Um, and, and so he starts talking about that. And I was wondering, you know, what am I going to speak on this week? What is my life application? But then I started to read that a couple times. And I started to think about what he says after he talks about the circumcision of the body me- being meaningless. He, he says the important thing is the circumcision of the heart. And that really got me to thinking this morning. Um, thinking about not only what circumcision is, but what is circumcision of the heart? I mean, we all know what circumcision is, you know. I know you're probably rolling your eyes, like, thinking about, like, what is Mike going to say about circumcision? I won't say much physically about circumcision. I get razzed because I say silly things about it at times. But to the Jewish people, it wasn't like, it wasn't a silly concept. It was a very important concept. And the importance of it, um, it, it must have been massive. Uh, in fact, one of the questions that I, I had as I'm reading this bit of scripture is, circumcision pops up in Paul's writings and in the New Testament so often. I mean, it's this, it's this big issue that's going on in the church, whether or not that's, that's an important thing. And... You know, there's obvious reasons why, you know, of course, Gentiles who are converting to become Christians, they're not, they're not super excited about that thought, you know, about getting the actual circumcision to happen to them. That, that's got to be a horrifying thought when, when you know, we kind of dwell on that. But that's not the only part of it that I'm assuming is that big of a deal. I'm assuming that it's a big deal um, for a lot of other reasons. It's a big deal because it was a big deal to God and it was a big deal to the Jewish people. And when we think about, and I kind of remember learning some of this, um, and I'm going to do some more research on it this week, but when we think about why God wanted them circumcised, I mean, I'm sure that's a question that, that you've had at some point. I don't know if you've ever looked into it. Like 
why why did God want that to happen? Like what what is significant about that? It just seems like a weird. I mean, it seems barbaric, right? Doesn't it? And um, and so I, I was thinking through that this morning and going. Obviously, there's there's this deep meaning to it, you know. And part of the deep meaning was that there was like an actual. I mean, this is an outward expression of a very a very deeply held inward belief and going through the outward expression especially as an adult was um a tremendously significant thing saying like i i will obey god to the point where it it hurts my body like that that is a very significant thing and of course god didn't demand that that happened like that you know people became of age and then went through that um that that they had that super painful thing i mean you've heard about like different groups of people who have had these coming of age rituals where, you know, young men especially have to go through some terribly painful things. Young women as, as well. Um, there, there was that one, and we were watching it online, about there, there's a, a group that when their boys come of age, they have to put on these gloves that have these ants in them that, that have like one of the most painful bites. Did you see that? It's unreal. Um, so a- anyway, um, this is not just like some some little rite of passage that God wanted. Like God God said, not only you know should you guys do this right now, but you should start doing this to your babies at eight days old. Which again sounds barbaric and awful. I mean, like people get enraged when you've got the wrong kind of leash on a dog. You know the the people who are for the ethical treatment of of animals they get, they get really upset about things like that. Do they get upset about the fact that we would do this to an eight-day-old baby? Like, just a helpless, harmless little baby? And they must. But, you know, God obviously is saying, this is not just like a personal commitment. This is, this is, a, um, this is like a community commitment. I mean, this, this is a big deal. And not only that, but, but the sign that, that you are people who will follow God is a physical sign. Like, we're, we're going to have something that you can prove it. And I know that's kind of a crazy thought that people... Like they obviously covered that up, but there are times in history and in scripture even where it talks about people having to prove it, and you prove it by showing them, yes, you are circumcised, you know, and that, that's kind of a crazy thought that, that people would do that. Um, but it is, it's God's like outward sign of our inward commitment. And what, what strikes me as I'm reading this scripture and hearing about circumcision in the heart is that I'm wondering, okay, if that's no longer the outward sign of our inward commitment. And remember, circumcision happened before the law, right? Before the Ten Commandments, right? Remember that because because they, they didn't have the commandments to follow to say, you know, the people who follow God's commands are God's people. Because if that was ever the case, the people who followed God's commands, like, they never fully followed God's commands, right? They followed the circumcision one. They did pretty good with that. But a lot of the other ones, they were not so great with right and and so it, it was never about that it was it was about this is an outward sign of a very very strong inward commitment like you didn't go halfway with it it wasn't just about like a, a belief it wasn't just about a, a hope or a thought it was a no this is something that we will do as a community and something that people will go through to to show that they will follow whatever God asks them to do and um when Paul says that there's a circumcision of the heart, there's part of me going, okay, what this is about is this is about, like, will I have an outward sign? Will I ha- will there be an outward 
um, sign of my inward decision to follow Jesus. And I think that's what he's getting at when he talks about a circumcision of the heart. This is like your outward way of showing that you follow Jesus. And, and I just wonder, you know, what would you consider your outward, your, your outward way of living, your outward commitment to following Jesus that shows that you are a Jesus follower? I mean, some might say it's, you know, that you go to church on Sunday morning. You know, some might say it's, you know, because you've got a cross around your neck or, you know, on, on you know, hanging from the rearview mirror of your car, as somebody I just passed just did. Um, what is your outward sign of your inward commitment? Um, Paul talks a lot and is going to get more into talking about what does the outward sign of this inward commitment look like. And, uh, and so this week, I, I want you to think about well, I'm, what I'm going to be thinking about this week is what is my outward sign of my inward commitment? How would people know um, that, that I am different from how the world tells us to be? How would the world know that, uh, that I have a calling on my life to love others and to treat others differently? And so I'm going to have to suss that out a little bit this week. And sorry if that one is not, you know, quite as specific as I want, because my mind is already like rushing with thoughts of um, like how, you know, what, what does this mean? Like, what does it look like to have this, this outward sign of this inward commitment? And uh, I'll tell you, it's not going to be just a cross. Um, it, it has to come from like how I live and, um, and so we're, we'll see what that looks like. And I'm kind of excited to share with you at the end of the week what that, what that does look like. Um, but always on my uh, journey to work at the beginning of the podcast, I always respond to a question. And the question I was asked this week was, and again, um, I know I'll kind of butcher it because, you know, it's not something that I can read that's right in front of me just as it was asked to me. But um, the question that, that I'll respond to, somebody's asking me, okay, um, with the conversation was bigger than this. The conversation was, um, you know, how, how, does the, um, how, how do the things that you do encourage you to be a better follower of Jesus? Like, how can you kind of mesh those two together? And the question was, Mike, um, you work in the golf industry. That's, that's what I work in, if you didn't know. I work uh, full-time in the golf industry. And, um, you know, I, I teach golf, I, I give golf lessons, um, and I manage a, a golf course. And um, how, how does that, um, that life kind of encourage your spiritual growth, or does it discourage it? And that, that's kind of where the, the question was. And, you know, that's one of the things that I love to talk about. In fact, I talk about it a lot of times when I'm giving lessons, because um, in giving lessons, you'll find out a lot of the people that, that I'm working with, I'll find out that they're, that they're Christians. And I love to talk with them about faith. In fact, I love to share with them that, that I am a Christian and that I do follow Jesus. And um, I, don't, I don't get corny or pushy with it. I don't, um, I don't push on it. But when we do get into those conversations, one of the things that I love to share about golf, and one of the things that I think really speaks to my own commitment to follow Jesus is, um, you know, when Jesus talked about things, he was very, very counter-cultural about a lot of things. And that, that makes it kind of counterintuitive to how we were to live. You know, when Jesus talks about, you know, the first will be last and the last will be first, when he talks about, you know, we're supposed to love our enemies or we're supposed to turn the other cheek, right, or go the extra mile, there's all these, like, very difficult um, calls on our life. 
things that are not intuitive, things that are not like instinctual for us to do. Like we don't just do those because they're easy to do. Um, and the same is true with golf. Um, in fact, you, you may not know this, but, um, 90% of the lessons that, that I give when I'm at the course are how to help people deal with a slice, which is a ball that curves drastically from the left to the right. And the funniest part about the slice is that in order to what people do in order to stop slicing the ball is they start swinging more to the left. They think if it's going to, if it's going right, I have to swing more left. I'm not just, I'm just not swinging left enough. And because of the way we're built and because we learned to swing baseball bats when we were kids, we try to generate all this power with our right arm. And because of that, we swing to the left, but swinging to the left puts a spin on the ball that makes it go more to the right. So the more you try to undo this problem that you have, the, the worse you make it and the more frustrated you get. And it's almost kind of a comical thing, believe it or not, um, to watch people go through this because I have to get them into a lesson where I say, okay, here's what we're going to do. And I put a target out there and I go, um, you're going to aim at this target, but you're going to swing to this target. And when they see that the target that they're swinging towards is to the right of where they're aimed, they can't believe it. They're like, if I swing way over there, the ball's going to go like just off the golf course. It's going to, it's going to go off the planet. And then you, you get, you start showing them, you know, you swing to the right to make the ball go left. You swing to the left to make it go right. You hit down to make it go up. Right. You, 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 uh, I mean, there, there's so many of these little things in, in golf and, um, it's, it's super funny to teach it that way, but it's always like a, a little bit of a teaching tool that I have in order to say, you know, if I know the person's a Christian, I love to tell them this is also very biblical and, and very, there's so much life application in it that in order to do what, what you want to do in golf, in, in order to become a better golfer, you have to learn to go against, you know, some of your own instincts. And that's the same thing is true, um, in life and in our spiritual walk. So anyway, that will be the theme of a bunch of my week going against my instincts, thinking about, um, how can I have, um, not just the circumcision of the body, but the circumcision of, of the heart and what it looks like to have an outward sign of my inward, um, decision to follow Jesus. So anyway, um, we will pick it up there on my way back at the end of the week. Um, thanks again for listening. I'll be right back. you guys I'm back and uh, I'm gonna apologize right off the bat and I probably apologize right off the bat a lot of times on my way home but I've got some uh, I've got some allergies going on and um, this might turn into a recording of me sneezing about 300 times in a row so uh, we'll see if I can get through this I'm also currently following a very very loud uh, I can't tell if it's the car or the truck in front of me but it is loud, so I hope that uh, I hope that that's not um, getting picked up big time in this recording. So, anyway, I'm glad that you guys are listening to this again. Um, it is the end of a week. Uh, it's been a wonderful week in a lot of ways, and um, again, you know, I don't go back and listen to exactly what I shared at the beginning of the week, and my devotion throughout the week, because I keep going back to the scripture, and I I don't know how often I talk about this, my devotion during the week, because I go back to that scripture um, over and over again, a lot of times it kind of morphs and it kind of changes and it evolves during the course of the week. And um, I I probably don't talk about that often enough, 
on how, you know, at the beginning of the week, what I see in the scripture doesn't always become at the end of the week exactly what it turns into. I'm, my life application even morphs a little bit, as I'm sure it did this week. So I, I don't even 100% remember, you know, the words that I used as I was driving to work. I do remember um, being caught uh, by Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 2 when he's talking about um, circumcision. And again, you know, it's it's a weird topic to get into for a, for a devotion um, because, you know, what are we talking about circumcision? Are we talking about, you know, the physical circumcision or somebody's need to be circumcised? And obviously that's not it because Paul says um, that, that the important thing, that, that the circumcision of the body is now meaningless. And I, I want you to understand that those words that he uses there would have been such strong words. I've thought about that more and more often, about the real significance of circumcision. I mean, it, it wasn't just like symbolic. I mean, it was it was a really big deal for them. Um, not just the symbol, but the fact that, it, I mean, it took so much personal commitment to do that. In fact, not just personal commitment, but it was like, it was like the commitment to to be a part of an entire community and to have you know your children your offspring be a part of the community too because you were going to circumcise your you were going to have your children circumcised right and and that was such a big deal and a big thought to them i mean it really was like the physical outward sign of what separated um the the people that were the followers of god and, um, you know, I've thought about that this week about how Paul said that it's that the circumcision of the body is meaningless. But then he says, you know, the circumcision of the heart, that that's where it's at. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about it. And the more I thought about it, the more I decided that the circumcision of the body, the reason why it's so meaningful to the Jewish people, why it was so meaningful at that time um, was because of the amount of commitment that was there. Um, I don't know if I said this, but, you know, do we remember the fact that, that when, uh, when God told Abraham to be circumcised and to circumcise his children, there was no, like, Ten Commandments there. There was no law to follow. This was the command of God. And the command of God, let's, let's face it, God didn't even explain himself. He didn't say, here's all the reasons why I need you to do this. This was something that God commanded them to do, and they had to find the, the meaning of what it was by doing it. They, they didn't have all the reasons. They must have been going, man, this is, this is a terrible thing to have to do to babies. This is a terrible thing to have to volunteer to have done to you. I mean, imagine that when Abraham did this to his family, he was 99 years old. I mean, if you're a guy and you're listening to this, think about a 99-year-old man coming at you with a, like, as sharp of a knife as you could have had, like, what is it, 3,500 years ago? I mean, that's, that's just a crazy thought, right? And so that's, that's how this went down, was that God said, Abraham, I want you to do this. And, and so the more I've thought about it this week, and I've thought about the circumcision of the heart, the circumcision of the heart has to be meaningful in our mind um, for the same reason why the circumcision of the flesh was meaningful to the Jewish people. That, that this was something that would be a tremendous personal commitment. This was something that would be a community commitment. This was something that would be like an outward sign of a very inward decision and an inward um, commitment that, that you have. That this was like the sign of leaving behind 
the flesh. And when, when you think about that, it's kind of a weird thought to think, you know, that was kind of the part of flesh that that was determined is not necessary. This is the part that you can do without. And this is a part to leave behind. But not only that, the Jewish people saw this as a sign of fertility. You know, when God said, be fruitful and multiply, you know, the, the reason why the circumcision was on that part of the man, it, it was also part of that symbol of being fruitful and procreating. And, and the circumcision of the heart, we have to think about what kind of fruit are we bearing? How are we procreating as, as Christians? Not, not to have babies, but how are we discipling others? How are we causing ourselves to, to bear fruit so that other people are then turning to Jesus? And so that's kind of become my, my thought this week. How can I make this a meaningful thing? And obviously, calling it circumcision of the heart is a weird term. And uh, tomorrow morning at church when I talk about it, I'm going to talk about, you know, devotion of the heart because I think that probably makes a lot more sense. I mean, circumcision of the heart is not something that anybody really wants to talk about because of the connotation of the word circumcision. Um, but, you know, I thought about it this week and I was, I was thinking about what is the outward sign um, of my inward commitment to follow Jesus? I mean, is, is there anything that other people that I relate to um, during the week is there something that they can see inside of me? And um, I thought of, I thought about that a lot because I was thinking about, you know, what Jesus said when he called people to be his disciples, which, you know, is all part of this, right? When, when he said, you know, I, this new command I, I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is how the world will know that you're my disciples, right? If you love one another. And um, I mean, that, that verse is so powerful because Jesus says like this is how they'll this is what will set you apart it's it's no longer your physical circumcision it's really the way that you're going to live and that you're going to treat each other it's this love that you have and uh, so I was thinking about that this week and I was thinking about you know in Matthew 16 when Jesus says you know um, anyone who wants to come after me must uh, deny themselves take up their cross and, and follow me right that that's what it's going to mean to be his disciple and I was thinking about that, you know, that that it's not necessarily up to you and I to cause other people to know that we are, like, quote-unquote Christian, or that we are Protestant, or that we are, you know, a certain brand of Christian. That's not necessarily... I'm sorry, I'm, I've got these allergies going, but it's not necessarily up to us to make people understand by the way that we live, oh... That's Jesus, right? I mean, they're not going to necessarily know. They, they might know something else. But, but what is up to us, according to Jesus, is will we deny ourselves? Will we take up our cross, meaning will we sacrifice for others? And will we follow Jesus? Will we listen to the words that Jesus taught us? And will we do those? Those are the things that are up to us. If other people see Jesus there, right, that's that's up to the Holy Spirit, right? It's it's not going to be me every time I do something for somebody else saying, you know, God bless you. This is this is me being a Christian. I just want you to know I'm doing this because I'm a Christian. Um, like that, that's not what this is all about. This is all about you know living around other people so that they see sacrifice, so that they see love, right? The way that Jesus talked about in John 13, you know, the the way that Jesus loved us, you know, a sacrificial love. 
uh, a love that's an undeserved love, right? A love that's, you know, somewhat unconditional, um, at, at least as I say somewhat. Jesus' love was not somewhat unconditional. Um, ours, we're striving to have it be somewhat unconditional, right? Um, but but that's what that's what we're called to do. And so this week I was thinking about that and I had a, you know, without, without thinking about that, without that being my motivating factor, I was giving a golf lesson this week, uh, to somebody. And this, this was something that gratified me because let me, uh, gosh, um, let me tell you something that I wonder about myself and that I think about myself, um, even a few months ago. Um, a few months ago, I think a lot of times, and by, by a few months ago, I mean before I started the Pursuit Podcast and before I made a, a commitment to really start growing in my faith more than I, I have in a long, long time. Um, those months ago or, you know, a year ago, I think many times when I went to work, um, I was not intentionally, not 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 because I hoped to be, I was a little bit aloof to where I was working. I, I would treat other people, I would, I would keep other people at arm's length because they were not priority, not my priority. My priority was the church that I pastor, the, the ministry that I have, um, the family that I have, and my job just fell so far behind all those things um, that, that I didn't see the people that I worked around and worked among as people that, um, that I was really trying to influence and love and be kind to and lead into discipleship. They, they were just people in the world and I wanted them to come to my church, but there was no thought of like, where can I lead them by treating them different and by being different around them? There was no, none of those thoughts were inside of me most of the time when I was around them. And, uh, so this week, um, it just kind of coincidental that it happened this week. Uh, I was giving a golf lesson this week and, uh, giving a golf lesson to this lady who I've, you know, spent time around at work for like the last, I don't know, year, year and a half. I've, I've known her and I haven't known her well. And she just recently asked me to give her golf lessons. And so we went out on the range and we, we just kind of worked through some stuff and, and I've, I've got a system of how I do this. I'm always refining my system of how to do golf lessons and, part of it really goes into how I treat the person and what I say to the person. I've really kind of thought through that. And I've thought through that along with my mission of following Jesus. How will I encourage this person? How will I be kind to this person? So, um, there was no part of me that was like thinking about how am I going to prioritize treating her as a Christian? I'm really at this point thinking and focused on her golf swing and what we're going to do to get her to hit the ball better. And, um, as, as I'm doing that, um, she stops what she's doing for a minute and she looks at me and she says, Mike, I'm, I'm having so much fun. And this is a, I think she says she's 79 years old. She's only been playing golf for nine years. She actually has an amazing golf swing, uh, hits the ball really aggressively and hard for, I, I mean, a 79 or 78 year old woman. I think that's what she said. And, um, so I'm blown away by how, how well she's hitting the ball, but we're getting it better and better and we're really working through some stuff. And then she stops and she says, Mike, I, I have to tell you something. Um, I was really concerned about taking lessons. I've never really taken lessons and I've never really wanted to. 
She said, the reason why I decided to take lessons from you is because you are so kind. And she said this to me. And I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not, I'm not sharing this with you to, to brag. She just says, you're, you're so kind. And, and I just thought if there's anybody that I'm okay to do golf lessons with, it would be with Mike because you are so kind. And I forget what other words she used. I, I'm thinking of the word compassionate, but that's not, the, I don't think that's the exact word that she used. But it was this really um, wonderful, nice, affirming thing that she said to me. And yeah, I registered it right then as nice, but then as I walked away and I was thinking about my devotions, and I was thinking about my devotions the next morning as I was reading through scripture, it really kind of hit me that um, that I think I've changed a lot over these last few months. I, I've changed a lot because no longer do the people that I work around and work with see me as aloof and trying to keep them at arm's distance and, and uh, you know, trying to just get out of there as quick as I can so I can, you know, get back to my real job, you know, of, of pastoring a church, that rather than seeing me that way, um, they're starting to see me invest my life in them and invest my, you know, hopefully kindness. And, and hopefully some are noticing that I've gone out of my way to try to sacrifice for them. And, and some, um, I'm really hoping have noticed that I've gone out of my way to, um, to be, you know, extremely compassionate. And, um, you know, I'm even thinking over these last two weeks, uh, two, uh, two prominent, I mean, really over the last three weeks, like three prominent people at the golf course, people that I've known for a while, um, have passed away. And that's, I mean, that's real sad to me to think about, but, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to have a lot of conversations with people who are hurting because they're, they're friends that they've known for, you know, well over a decade, a lot of them, you know, are, are passing away. And I mean, they're old and, you know, it's, it's that time for some of them, but you know, it sneaks up on them, you know, a lot quicker than they would have thought. And, and so, you know, I've had the opportunity to do that. And it's just gratifying to know that somehow, you know, the changes that I've made personally and the, the conscious things that I've done to try to be more sacrificial and to try to be more loving, um, have actually become noticed. And, and so there's part of me wondering if, if I've taken that step toward um, having a, a circumcised heart, having a, an, outward, um, an outward sign of my inward decision to follow Jesus. And, and really that's what I'm hoping that this is turned into. So anyway, I, I don't have a ton of good stories to share about exactly how I've done it, but, um, I, I do share this week that that was, uh, that was an important thing for me to hear it. And, um, you know, it, it just kind of makes me feel like I'm, I'm excited to move, um, move even further into that, that I'm excited to see, you know, how can I develop, uh, relationships a little bit deeper and a little bit further so that, um, so that more people can notice or so that the people who've noticed and the people who have, you know, felt some compassion or some love, um, so that they'll feel more. And so anyway, that's where I am on this. And I hope that that made sense. I know I'm, you know, delirious on allergy medicine and whatever I'm breathing as I'm driving right now. But, uh, once again, I just want to thank you guys for listening, and um, I, I would like for you, if you have a question that you'd like me to respond to in the first part of the podcast, please send me your questions and comments. I love to read them. I mean, it really means a lot when you do. Um, the email address that I use is mypursuitoutlook.com, and uh, love to get um, any kind of response, but love to see those questions. 
It's fun to respond to them. And remember, if I don't get questions, I got to dig deep. I got to go into, and I think we've done this a few times, I had to go into what was on Spontanea Nation. And I'm really glad I didn't have to do that this week because Spontanea Nation's question this week was, um, when was the last time you threw up? And I don't think that's the question that you want to hear me respond to because, you know, we could talk all about it. We could talk about how um, I can't throw up without screaming at the same time. What's that about? Um, I, I have to, something happens to my vocal cords when I throw up. I know now we're getting into this and this shouldn't have happened. I mean, it's all your fault. I mean, Spontaneous Nation and you guys. But um, when I do throw up, which is very rare, um, I yell. Um, what's up with that? Somebody's got to explain that to me. I'm, I might need to Google that at some point. Um, not videos of it, but um, I got to figure out why that's a thing because that's crazy. Uh, but anyway, that's your final thought for today. Uh, I'm sure you're glad you stuck around to the end of the podcast. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, sharing more with you guys next week and looking forward to tomorrow morning um, at church. So anyway, I'm thankful that you guys listen to this. Please send me um, any questions you'd like me to respond to at mypursuit@outlook.com. Once again, have a fantastic week, and I look forward to talking to you next time.